What do you eat for breakfast most days? So I usually rotate between either steel-cut oats with blueberries and peanut butter, or I'll do like a Greek yogurt bowl with some fresh fruit. What's your favorite go-to snack? I really like homemade trail mix if I'm on the go, but if I'm at home and craving something sweet, I like to do a medjool date stuffed with peanut butter. What's your favorite takeout food? It's going to be a tie between sushi or pizza. So excluding spices and oils, what are your top three pantry ingredients? Definitely peanut butter. I go through a jar like every week. (laughs) I like oats and I like to have chia seeds. Any kitchen gadgets you just can't live without? Probably both the food processor and a Vitamix. You can make everything in both of those tools. Hey, Jade. Hey, Tedra. So our guest today is Carrie Walder from Walder Wellness. Carrie is a registered dietitian in both Canada and the United States. She's passionate about clarifying the misinformation on nutrition, promoting healthy lifestyle change, and helping others foster positive relationships with food. Her blog and Instagram accounts are packed with recipe ideas and everyday meal inspiration to help you easily incorporate more whole food into your lifestyle. In this episode, Carrie talks about her experience living and attending school in New York City, how her struggle with acne and weight gain ultimately led her to study dietetics, and why it's important to get out of your comfort zone. And of course, she answers our fun Q&A. Before we start the show, we'd love to ask you a favor. If you have been enjoying the podcast, would you mind sharing it with a friend? Just click the share button and spread the get to know love. Thanks, guys. You're listening to We Get to Know Podcast, and for years, we've all been following some of the most inspiring creatives, innovators, social media influencers, and bloggers. Simply put, we get inspired. The next best thing to following our favorite people is hearing their stories straight from them. So listen in as we get to know Carrie. Hey, Carrie, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, so are you calling from Vancouver? I am, Vancouver, Canada. (laughs) It's so beautiful there. I went once years ago and I just was like blown away. It's so gorgeous. Yeah, it is really beautiful and we've been having amazing weather. Usually it's so rainy here, but it's been really, really nice. Mm, Nice. So are you originally from Vancouver? I am. I grew up here. I lived here most of my life, but in 2014, I moved to New York for school um, and I just moved back last July. Okay, so let's dig in. (laughs) I love getting a little backstory. So tell us like a little bit about your childhood, you know, like how it was in the kitchen, specifically around food. Did you cook much or like not at all? And what was all that like? And then how did you build up to wanting to go to New York and study nutrition? Sure. So I did not cook when I was a kid. (laughs) Say that first. But I always had a pretty healthy relationship with food growing up. I have a pretty multicultural background. So my mom is Chinese and she's from Malaysia and my dad is from Switzerland. So oh, I spent, wow. yeah, so I spent quite, I mean, I grew up in Canada, but I spent quite a lot of my life like going to Europe and not as much Malaysia, but a couple of times, but the food culture is just so different in those countries, I think, mm-hmm. compared to in North America. And I think that was really like reflected in my whole childhood. Like mealtime is just so different. There's less stress around food. And so dieting was never really a thing growing up in my family. Mm -hmm. I'm also pretty lucky. I think I kind of missed social media in high school. Like it just started when I graduated. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, so I think it's changed the scene, though. You're right. Like it really has. Yeah. I feel like like women younger and younger are just getting affected by social media. So mm-hmm. I definitely miss that. Yeah, growing up, I had a lot of family meals. My mom always cooked pretty healthy. We always had lots of like salad and vegetables and just like whole foods. It seems like you would have probably had a palate for a lot of different yeah. variety <laughs> as well because, you know, not the classic like, you know, chicken fingers and pizza. In yeah, America. no. I mean, I obviously like had that, but I definitely mm. I've eaten some like pretty out there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I always grew up really loving food, like always like pretty healthy relationship, but I I never knew how to cook. I don't know why. My mom says I never had any interest in it. So I guess I'll believe her. (laughs) So, but then when I moved out for my undergrad, so for university, I moved out when I was 19 in my second year. And like I said, I had no idea how to cook. I ate like so much junk food. I wasn't very active. Like I stopped playing like every sport. I like went out a lot and, you know, with drinking and like Mm -hmm. late night eating. And it was just not like I was just wasn't healthy in college. What's this extra 15 pounds? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I gained a bit of weight like in my first year, but then it kind of went away, even though my lifestyle didn't really change. I don't know how or why. <laughs> so I never really thought about nutrition at all because I always thought that nutrition was just dieting and weight loss and all of that. Mm-hmm. I never really made that connection with health. But then when I graduated, I like started working full time. I did not love the job that I was in. I got out of like a pretty long-term relationship Mm. and just everything just kind of went bad. (laughs) What were you studying by the way? And what were, what was your job? I studied psychology Mm. and that's one of those degrees where I think you graduate and you don't really know what you're going to do. Now what do I do? I guess I'm going to master's. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So for one year I worked like in an accounting firm, which just wasn't for me. Oh wow. What a difference. Yeah, very different. And then Then I kind of started to get into health. Like I put on 25 pounds, like kind of out of nowhere. I like had Mm. a face full of acne and it was kind of like a big turning point for me. And I just started to kind of take matters into my own hands and started to learn how to cook. And I started pouring over food blogs and all that kind of stuff. And um, then I started to work in like a nonprofit that did like nutrition, kind of like nutrition education and like planting vegetables and cooking and stuff in elementary schools. And I was doing that while like applying for the master's program at NYU. Sorry, I feel like I'm kind of jumping around here. No, no, I'm following along. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So really it was like the that you'd put that weight on and all of a sudden you had acne. So that's interesting. It makes me think like maybe there was hormonal stuff yeah I poor diet and all that there definitely was I went off like the birth control pill and Mm. about like nine months later my body just went like kind of insane (laughs) yeah but it was in retrospect it was kind of a good thing because I actually started to like care about what I put in my body and it brought me to where I am today and like it brought me to Mm -hmm. applying for grad school and going back to school to study nutrition it allowed me to live in New York City. <laughs> yeah, no, like you went to NYU. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. That's pretty great. <laughs> How did you pick NYU and their program? Yeah, so uh, the thing with becoming, so I wanted to become a dietitian just because that was the most kind of recognized credential that you can have in nutrition. And mm-hmm. to be a dietitian, you need to do your undergrad in nutrition. And obviously, like I didn't do that. And so NYU's program, it allowed you to 
apply and like matriculate as a master's student, but you were able to do the two years of undergrad prerequisites to become a dietitian. So it was really nice to know that I would get a master's degree out of it and not just do like two years of chemistry and not know (laughs) that I was going to get like anything out of it. And I got to like New York is my dream city. So it all kind of worked out. I I didn't apply anywhere else. So did you live? (laughs) You're like, it's NYU or (laughs) so did you live like in Manhattan or can you even afford that? Or what do you what'd you do? I did live in Manhattan. I was very lucky to be able to live there. Yeah. How fun. Okay. So that was how many years? A two-year program then? It was four years. So it was two years of the prerequisites. And then it's like a one-year clinical placement, which is the dietetic internship. And then it's the master's program was about a year as well. Mm. So Mm -hmm. I think I read that you did the clinical, I guess the hands-on part at Mount Sinai. I did. Yeah. So what was that like? Like, are you actually like talking to patients or what kind of work is that? It's intense. It's definitely really intense. You, yeah, every day you're seeing patients and you basically kind of rotate in different wards. So like Mm -hmm. one week you're going to be in oncology, one week you're in cardiac, one week you're in critical care, so on and so forth. So it's a lot. It's a lot of learning. It's, you know, the hospital is a a tough environment and people are really, really sick. Mm-hmm. But I learned a lot and it was great to apply all that knowledge, but it just, it wasn't what I wanted to do in nutrition, but I'm definitely like grateful for the experience. Yeah. Because I mean, it's like anything in life. I think learning what you don't want to do is almost as valuable or more than, totally. you know, you know what I mean? Like, cause it really, you can then move into where you want to be. And have confidence with that decision. So how did you decide what to do and what are you doing right now? (laughs) So I guess while I was in school, I just, I kind of started my Instagram account, not with any intention for it to become anything. I just, I'm a pretty creative person and I always have been. So I wanted like a bit, I know a lot of people say this, but an outlet outside of like all the like chemistry classes and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the techie science stuff. Yeah, exactly. And so I just started posting on there and it kind of grew into something that I did not expect at all. And so by the time I graduated, I decided I was like, I'm just going to go for this. I, the, there were so many opportunities coming my way to work for myself. And I decided That's to amazing. just take that chance. And I was like, if I can make at least the same income that I would make in a hospital, like as an entry level dietitian, I'll be okay with it. And so far, I've been like making more than that. So I'm like really happy about that. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's worked out. So, especially when you start it and you're like, oh, this is just a cool little side <laughs> creative. My boyfriend like and... forced me to start it. I would like really? talk about it all the time. I was like, I don't know what to call it. Like, everyone's going to make fun <laughs> of me. He's like, just do it. I don't think I even told anyone. I like didn't let him fall. Fo- I didn't even like follow it on my personal account in case anyone would see it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's hard to put yourself out there in the beginning. It's it like, is. you know, you're figuring it out and oh, yeah. And people are like, why? And like, no one cares what you're eating. I'm like, well, right. apparently people do. So yeah, actually, it turns out they're <laughs> totally into it. <laughs> so when did, did you do the blog after the Instagram account then? Definitely. And honestly, okay. like I started my blog 
I want to say like I made it a couple years ago and then I got into the like the dietetic internship and I was working like 80 hours a week and there was just no way I was doing that so that kind of like (laughs) grew some cobwebs but I've just recently started working with like a like an SEO specialist and who kind of specializes in food blogging and so she's been really great and so I'm hoping to kind of build that as well just to have some more platforms. Mm-hmm. I mean, SEO is like its own little oh my God. mystery, <laughs> like so world. Of, it's like For a whole sure. career field or something. I mean, exactly. Like, I just didn't have the time to figure it out. And it's been really great. So, what about all the cooking and the food photography? Like, I imagine that must have been a little bit rough in the beginning or sporadic. And then, are you trying to be more regular about it now? Or how did that all evolve for you? Yeah, I feel like when I was in school, it was more just like photos of what I was eating. And I feel like styling the food just, it kind of just became part of my like day to day. It sounds kind of weird, but like I would study a lot at home. So I would eat a lot at home. And that was kind of like, I just would take the pictures of the, what I was eating. Right. And, yeah. but now, yeah, I'm trying to have a bit more, I'm trying to treat it more like a business and actually like create real recipes and like use my like real camera not just my iPhone and well you know what I love about you and your your Instagram account is it's first of all it's just really bright and colorful and it always reminds like I have my mom's voice in the back of my head like if you want to have proper nutrition you need to have all the colors on your plate yeah, you do. <laughs> and it's so colorful it's so beautiful bright fresh and it's really like it's not all these complicated recipes it's simple, like throw it together. It's the stuff that yeah. I need to be making in my normal, you know, nine out of 10 times a week type deal. Like those are the meals that I need to be doing. Like, what do I do with my leftovers? I don't know what to mm-hmm. do with dinner. Oh, I have this one avocado and that one sweet potato. And yeah, you throw these great things together and it's like, oh yeah, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> this looks amazing. I feel like, yeah, thank you. That's kind of the point is that it doesn't have to be so complicated because Mm -hmm. I mean, I love following like, you know, reading like beautiful recipes, like cookbooks and stuff, but Mm -hmm. a lot of the time I'm not going to make it. (laughs) So I just want to make something that's actually realistic. Yeah. And it's fun to make those meals, you know, when you're having dinner parties and once or twice a week or whatever, when you have the time, but like in the everyday busy life, it's trying to throw a beautiful meal, nutritious, beautiful meal on the table is not simple. (laughs) Yeah, but it can be. <laughs> yeah, it it can be. I know. That's what I feel like you really are bringing to the table. I scroll your feed and I think like, yes, I can put together a great meal tonight. No problem. I already have the stuff in the fridge. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you eat? Like, are you on any specific diet or like, are you plant-based or yeah, how do you eat? Yeah, I don't like to label my diet, but I have not eaten meat in I don't know like six years but I eat everything else like I eat seafood I eat dairy eggs and all I love eggs Mm -hmm. yeah I love eggs too (laughs) they're so okay so question so as a registered dietitian now registered dietitian I'm just gonna stop for a second I think we've interviewed a few RDs and I'm always trying to make sure I understand so the RD is what's super regulated, right? And that's the master's program and the test yeah. and all that. A nutritionist is not. Exactly. Yeah. The The main difference is that a dietitian, like it's a, exactly, it's like a credential that you can only use if you've met the requirements and it's pretty okay. strict. It's, you know, it's like legally like a mm-hmm. credential, whereas a nutritionist is kind of, there's no regulation behind it. So 
like anyone could really call themselves one. And it's not to say that no nutritionist has a nutrition background, like that's right, right. not what I'm saying <laughs> at all. Like a lot of them do, but just to be kind of mindful of that. Whereas with a dietitian, you know exactly like what their training is. So if you had any piece of advice for someone who wants to kind of clean up their diet, what kind of top advice, little piece of advice would you give us? I think it's important to kind of like go easy on yourself and not expect to be able to change everything overnight. And I think to remember that there's no such thing as like a perfect diet and it's not about perfection, but it's about making more like small changes. Like I like to always think of like progress and not perfection. Mm. I think sometimes people jump into it like they want to change everything all at once and it's really extreme and that's what never really works out. So I think just making like little changes is a really good place to start. It takes the pressure off too. It's like, yeah. And almost like meal to meal. Like I find that helps me if I just think, well, what am I going to eat for lunch? I don't need to worry about dinner or the whole mm-hmm. week or, you know, not that planning's bad, but just kind of take the pressure off. Yeah. And like if you have one meal that doesn't, align with like your Mm -hmm. (laughs) diet like it's okay it's one meal like you're not you don't get sick or healthy from one meal so so did you find that is that how it sort of worked for you like you were having the acne and the weight gain and so was it like a real gradual process of figuring out which foods worked for you and how to cook for yourself and all of that yeah I mean yeah it it definitely didn't happen overnight I feel like (laughs) it's like so silly but like with the acne like I didn't I was so embarrassed to kind of like mm. leave the house and like go. I used to be so social like prior to that. And like, I just didn't want to go out anymore. And I was like, okay, like, I'm just going to like learn how to cook. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I mean, it is really, that would be so hard if you're really, is, yeah. yeah. And I had like really clear skin up until then. And like, it was just, it was, you're just so self-conscious of it. Mm-hmm. And like, I totally can like empathize with people who have skin issues. But yeah, I would just kind of, I think food blogs were kind of like a new thing at that time. This is like in 2012, 2013. So they were kind of like new and I found Oshi Glows. Yes, I love Oshi Glows. Amazing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So I would just follow a lot of her recipes and kind of like figure it out. I don't know. I made a lot of like quinoa bowls. I mean, I still do, but yeah, it was gradual. It definitely wasn't overnight and I feel like I'm still learning. Hey guys, we're going to pause for a minute to tell you about one of our partners. Anyone interested in 30% off the best vitamins? We know health and nutrition is important to everyone. One thing that goes hand in hand with our health is supplemental care. We've partnered with Dr. C Vitamins to offer you a 30% discount off their premium pharmaceutical grade and medically endorsed line of supplements. All vitamins are not created equal. In fact, there is no FDA oversight for supplements. Unlike over-the-counter vitamins, Dr. C supplements are manufactured without commonly found synthetic ingredients. I mean, you guys, who wants synthetics going into our bodies? They're also non-GMO and gluten-free. Their standards are so high, these vitamins are actually manufactured just like a prescription drug would be in an FDA-registered facility. Most vitamins do not subject themselves to this level of oversight. People are always asking if we take these personally, and we do. I take the D3K2 combo to support bone health, memory, mood, and immune support, and their collagen biotin that supports strong hair, nails, and skin. And then when I'm having those nights where I'm having a hard time falling asleep and unwinding, I take the melatonin B6 combo, and it really helps me gently fall asleep naturally. So give them a try, you guys. Go to drccares.com, use our code WEGETTONOW, and save 30% on your next order. 
Now enjoy the rest of the interview. And then how did the acne, like, did it clear up for you and you haven't had a problem again or do you struggle with it? It's, it's been an adventure. So I definitely, like I went, I did everything. I tried everything. I went to a naturopath and she actually, I did like a, first I did an elimination diet, which like didn't help at all. And then I did a, like a, what is it? A hormone test. And she gave me like different supplements for that. And that kind of helped. It didn't like improve it completely, but like at the same time, I was also, you know, trying to like take care of myself a bit better and eat better as well. Mm -hmm. But then when I moved to New York, it kind of got bad again. Not as bad, but I think just the stress of moving and like just starting. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up going to like a lot of, a few like dermatologists there and they were just like, they wanted to put me on like Accutane and like Spironolactone and all this. I was like, I don't want to do this. And like, I mean, I kind of hate to admit it, but I ended up going back on the pill like three Mm -hmm. years after just because like, you know, I had a boyfriend, like a long-term relationship. And I was like, I just can't like deal with this anymore. But I'm kind of scared to go off of it. Yeah. <laughs> Blame you. Yeah. But I think like I treat my body so much better now than I did at that point in my life that I'm hoping that you probably could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so how's this career field been? Like, have you had any unexpected friendships or mentors or is it rough or what's it been like it's been great I mean it's hard to like uh, like working for yourself there's like so much going on and like mm-hmm. I don't have a team and I'm like oh my god like there's so much to do but definitely I've made a lot of great connections either on Instagram and like met those people in real life and same with just like meeting other dietitians like everyone's super supportive Obviously, I knew quite a few in New York, and then moving back here like to Vancouver was kind of tough because I didn't really know anyone, but I, mm. I managed to connect with a few who have been really great. So it's a nice field. I like it. So where do you get inspiration from for recipes and bowls of yumminess? <laughs> yeah. I mean, on a day-to-day, probably like Instagram, but also like food magazines, traveling, and like dining out. I think also is kind of inspiring. Mm-hmm. Well, I saw you have like a bunch of stories of some of the restaurants in Vancouver. And I think the food scene there is awesome, right? <laughs> the food is really good here. I have to say, like, it's so fresh here just because we're mm-hmm. right on the ocean. So the seafood here is like, I mean, it, New York was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. New York. Yeah. New York, <laughs> New York is amazing, everything. But, yeah. But I honestly like rarely ever ate sushi there because it's so much better in Vancouver mm. and so much cheaper. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's true. I didn't think about that. New York City is so expensive. Yeah. I mean, Vancouver to live here is expensive, but the sushi. <laughs> nice. Cheaper. Yeah. And it's probably like fresh caught that day and like, <laughs> right off the boat. In the water and just like mm. on your <laughs> Yum. So what are some, do you have any favorite meals like that come up in your own rotation? So what do you eat a lot of? And then I'm also curious, like, do you have, what's the most popular of the things that you post? So I guess it's very kind of like the same answer. So I eat a lot of vegetable pasta. So I love just like stir frying like a ton of veggies and throwing it together with a pasta and adding a protein. I just think it's so easy. And then definitely the most popular recipe on my blog is like a it's like a vegan cashew cream tomato sauce 
for pasta. Ooh, <laughs> so people up. love the pasta. Yeah. Well, who doesn't love I know. <laughs> but wait, tell me more about the sauce. So- I, I could tell that you use tahini to make a lot of sauces. And I just discovered something. It was a tahini salad dressing. Mm-hmm, yeah. I think it was in Gwyneth Paltrow's new cookbook, that detox cookbook. And oh, my word is so good. So tell me about yours. It's tomatoes, you said? Yeah, it's cashews So and tomatoes. Oh. So the cashew kind of makes like a cream. So you just like you can, I don't even soak them to be honest, but I just put like boiling water and cashews mm. into my Vitamix. And then you can add the tomatoes, but you could totally add like different I want to do it with like roasted bell peppers or something. And it just mm. is so creamy. Yeah. <laughs> so kind of like a, a vodka sauce, but not. Yeah. Almost like you're getting a creamy sauce and there's no dairy. That's cool. Yeah. Kind of same with the tahini, right? It gives mm-hmm. it that creaminess. Mm-hmm. I want to say it was like tahini and maple syrup or something and a few other things. Oh, man. It's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> but I was drooling over so many of your bowls, like the Asian-inspired bowl. And another one looked like Greek-inspired. Just mm. I'm a fan of eggs and avocado and all the roasted veg. So just everything looks yum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the breakfast bowls. Oh, yeah. I love oatmeal. I have oatmeal like almost every day. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So I am like trying to stay away from grains because I, I have ulcerative colitis and Grain-free has sort of helped me, but that's the one thing I miss so much is oatmeal. I love, love, love oatmeal. I'm hoping if I can, like, heal my gut enough, I can, like, sneak some oatmeal in once a week or something. Yeah. Yeah. So can you give us, like, a favorite memory of a meal or food or anything over the years? I think it would probably be from traveling. I don't know if there's – oh, I can think of a couple (laughs) – I love Italian food. I still remember like one of my first times eating pizza in Italy. I was pretty young, but I remember just like sitting outside. It was in Milan and like there was just these like giant gobs of like melting like brie cheese on the pizza. Oh my God, it was so good. And then I was in Rome, I think two years ago, and I had this like roasted vegetable bruschetta there oh my god it was it just like blew my mind how good it was the food in Italy is it's insane right on I another mean, level yeah. of all the places I've traveled and I've had some really good food in some places but Italy is like whoa I mean yeah oh man the it's combo so of fresh and ooey gooey it's just like they have it all figured out I know so, so I just good. love it I love Italy so much <laughs> what about work-life balance so it's I mean, I think everybody said, and you even kind of alluded to it earlier, that just like it's so hard to work for yourself from home and you you can just like work into the night. And how do you, what are some of your tricks to sort of like balance that out? Gosh, I, it's hard to say. I feel like I work a lot, but I feel that because I, I really love what I do and like to be like cooking and doing photography and writing and stuff like, yes, it's work, but I really enjoy it. And like, I feel like at the end of the night, I'm like, I don't really want to be like watching a movie. Like I'd rather be like working on my stuff. Uh, well, that's actually good testament. Though. Yeah. I'm like, well, I might as well. Like, I don't know. So it's definitely like, I, I feel like I'm working all the time. So I wouldn't really, I don't know if I could say that I'm have a super bad, like work, good work-life <laughs> balance, but yeah, I don't know. I don't have a very good answer for that, but it, I enjoy it. Well, what's the hardest part? 
Is there a hardest part to what you do? I think it's hard to always be creating new content. Mm -hmm. And I think people don't quite understand like how much time that takes. And I think people just think that these like recipes and photos and blog posts just kind of like appear. It's so much work, isn't it? And yeah, and planning. And planning and like trying to come up with things that are original and creative is tough. What's your favorite part? Just being able to be creative every day and to be able to combine like that degree and that nutrition science with like being creative, like being able to do both of those things, I think is probably my favorite part about my job. Yeah. And it, it must be rewarding to just mm-hmm. be a help to others too, who are for sure flailing a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone has to eat, right? So yeah, it's, that's exactly right. Like we all have to eat three times a day, mm-hmm. if not mm-hmm. more. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Carrie, loved hearing your story. I'm going to toss you over to Tedder now for some fun Ask Everyone questions. Okay, sounds good. Hey, guys. Okay, so one thing I want to say about what you just mentioned about the content creation, you know, you put so much effort into, you know, whatever it is you're going to post. I mean, it is hard to come up with ideas. I mean, there's three of us in our team, and we struggle. Like, uh, what's what are we doing today? Like, you know, it's like, what's happening next week? And and then you think you put time and effort into it and all that it goes into like just doing one single post yeah. and then someone may or may not see it. And if they do see it, it could be just like scroll, scroll, scroll. I mean, it's like, you know, you want to stop and be like, Hey, Hey there. If I could like tap through the glass, excuse me, can you pay attention to this? I worked hard. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It can be, it's frustrating. And, and that's the thing. I know everyone complains about like Instagram and like, the algorithm but I know I always like feel like silly saying it like when I can tell that my posts aren't even being seen because you can see how many people view your posts and I'm like uh, like you just feel silly complaining but it is frustrating when you put so much time and energy into it and so I totally get it and then the other thing even just as a viewer like if I'm following someone I want to see their content yeah and I mean Jane and I were talking the other day just saying like you know I forget that I'm following people and I'll be like, wait, I haven't seen their post in like months. Like I don't see anything, you know, unless it happens to get a ton of likes or for some reason and then it pops into my feed. But it's like, hey, wait a minute. I think I am following that person. But yeah, I don't see anything. It's like you see the same like 20 to 30 people, everything that they do and then you don't see anyone else. So for sure. It's I know, interesting. I don't know what they did. <laughs> but I just feel like, you know, can you trust us? We're adults. You know, if we're following someone, can we see their content, please? No, it's definitely changed a lot. They somehow know more than all of us. I say that sarcastically, but (laughs) yeah. Okay, so let's ask some fun questions here. What's a great tip you can share with our listeners? It can be about life or it can be about nutrition, food, whatever you want. Yeah, I think I have a good nutrition tip. I think it's really important not to believe everything that you read about nutrition on the internet or in the media. (laughs) I think a lot of what is shared is really sensationalized in order to make a good headline. And a lot of the people like the media personalities or celebrities, and even not every journalist is properly trained in reading scientific research. So I think it's really important to like not like freak out over whatever headline you're reading about something being bad for you and just being really mindful of where you're getting your nutrition information from. It's so true. There's Mm -hmm. this like post going around. I don't know if you've seen it, but it basically says something to the effect of like, 
make sure you exercise, but not too much. Make sure you go for walks, but it's like, make sure you eat eggs, but don't eat eggs. They're high in cholesterol and make sure it's like all these things like just coming at you rapid fire. You're like, wait, it's like, don't eat dairy, but you want some calcium. Don't eat. It's like, it's just crazy, funny post. And if I could find it, I would actually read the whole thing because it's so yeah. hilarious. So it's just like, you're just ping ponging back and forth between all the information. It's hard to know like what to do. Yeah, exactly. And it's overwhelming. And it's really not how science works. Like science really needs to be replicated over time. Like we can't just have one study and be like, this is fact. Like you have to kind of fit it in into the whole picture, like the big picture. So I think just kind of like a moderate approach to a lot of things. (laughs) If I called you at 9am on any given day, what are you most likely doing? Probably most likely on my computer, either answering emails or writing content, planning content, that kind of stuff. What is something people to be surprised to know about you? I guess I already touched on this, but that I barely knew how to cook until I was about 22 or that I can't ride a bike. (laughs) (laughs) You know, riding the bike, it's not hard. You can do that. No, I like, I used to, like, that saying that it's like riding a bike, like, this is not true. Like, I, I could ride a bike when I was about eight and then I, like, had a, I fell and I never went back on and I've tried and, like, I actually can't. <laughs> it's like a fear. <laughs> How do you like to decompress? In the ideal world, it would be with a massage, but most likely it's just like winding down the night with a cup of tea and a good book. Who are three people you love to follow on Instagram? So there's a lot of really amazing accounts, but I think first I'll shout out Karina from Kale Me Maybe because I think she shouted me out on this podcast. Ah, <laughs> I cool. her. her recipes are just amazing. And I feel like we just have, I, I just love everything that she makes. I also really love Lisa from The Well Necessities. I don't know if you follow her, but her captions are just so good. And they're just a, such a like powerful commentary on diet culture. And she just has such good insights. I feel like I screenshot like half her captions. <laughs> And then I also really like this local dietitian who I've met here in Vancouver. Her name is Desiree Nielsen. She gives really good nutrition information. Like she's so good at taking the science and translating it into a way that people can understand. So she just has so much knowledge. And I just like love also like reading her captions and watching her stories. Do you have a favorite app? I love Spotify and Apple Podcasts. What's some of your favorite podcasts? I love asking because I'm a podcast junkie too and I'm always looking for new ones. Oh God, no, no, I can't think of them. I mean, every day I usually listen to like the daily, like the New York Times podcast. Uh-huh, yeah. I love a lot of like business podcasts. So I like the like Food Blogger Pro is a good one. Mm-hmm. The Gold Digger podcast is pretty good. Yeah, those are really great business tools. Yeah. Yeah, the, like Amy Porterfield's podcast. Uh-huh, yeah. So, so many. <laughs> it's hard to keep up. It's like yeah. there's so many new podcasts all the time. And I'm always like, well, I don't even know how to choose. And then I, so I find myself being like, I don't even know what to listen to. So it's like this catch-22. Yeah, I listen to them a lot when I'm cooking, like recipe developing and stuff. So that's always a good time. Name a book that you've loved that you just couldn't put down. So I just finished this book called Educated by Tara Westover. It was so good and so intense. I've heard about this book. Okay, tell me a little bit about it. Oh my God. It's just like her life story. Like she grew up, I forget where, but I I guess somewhere like the Midwest. And she grew up in a Mormon family and it was just like she never went to school and just so many things happened. And like she ended up like going to Cambridge or Oxford or something. And like just she's so brilliant. 
I don't know. I just couldn't put it down. It's so good. It's just like her life story. Describe your perfect day. So a perfect day would probably start with getting a really good sleep, um, maybe getting a workout in, going for a really good brunch with a friend. And just I love to just walk around and explore like whatever city I'm in, um, going to like little shops and then followed by a delicious dinner. I know it's not really exciting, but those are my favorite kind of days. What's the population in Vancouver? Uh, I want to say it's like maybe like two point something million. <laughs> oh, so it's, oh gosh, that's way bigger than what I, when you said two, I was thinking, oh, 200,000, what a great size. No. I should know that it's way bigger than that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I did not realize two and a half million. It's really a huge city. Yeah, it's around maybe like 2.2. I don't quite know off the top of my head, but it's, yeah, it's like a, not a huge city, but it's definitely one of the bigger ones in Canada. Yeah. Enough to have like tons of things to do. Well, not to mention like you're surrounded by everything in nature to do. Yeah. I mean, it's not New York, but <laughs> but if you like nature, it's like amazing. I remember when the Olympics were there, the Winter Olympics, not too long ago. And I just was like falling in love every day. I was like, what? I want to go there so bad someday. That was a really fun time here. Yeah. Okay. So tell us what's your favorite beverage of choice in the morning and also at night? So in the morning, I love matcha. And then at night, I like to just have like a hot tea. That'll vary, but usually like a sleepy time, like chamomile or like a lavender or something. What's your matcha process? What do you, how do you do that? I know Jade's recently into it, so she'll probably like this answer. I actually just really like it with just water. I'm pretty picky with my matcha and the best one is the Ipoto one. It's kind of expensive and I haven't bought it for a while, but after you drink that one, it's so hard to like, drink any of the others. Okay, Carrie. Um, I'm oh, there she is. I knew she was going to perk up when you I'm said like, Wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> Hold up. Okay. Spell it. What is the your favorite? It's Ipodo. I think it's spelled I-P-P-O-D-O. Okay. Uh, it's from Japan. It's you can get it on Amazon. It's like the good it's stuff. It's so good. Okay. It's so expensive. And I, I used to buy it in the States. And like just with a dollar, it seemed like I was paying less money for it. And then I moved to Canada. I'm like, this is too expensive. I'm like, cool, cool. 45 bucks for this little yes. thing. It's a lot. Yeah. But it's so just, you don't add honey or anything? No sweeteners? No, I like it just straight. I mean, I, I do love a matcha latte. And so like if I go out to get a matcha, I'll, I'll always get like a latte. But at home, I just like it kind of simple. Mm, okay. I'm getting into it. And if you want to hear a funny story, I'm so like new to it that I thought, I don't need the little whiskey thing. I'll just use the whisk in my, <laughs> my kitchen drawer. Um, there's a reason they, they tell you you should have the whisk. Does it not work? It, no. There were all these like clumps of like matcha powder that were dissolving on my tongue. I was like, oh, whoops. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. I think another really important thing that you have to do with matcha is to use not boiling hot water I think if you use really hot water it'll burn it and it oh. kind of gives it almost like a fishy taste mm, so you better. have to use like not super super hot water it's sort of like tea process like mm. don't use the overly boiling water it's too hot yeah so okay I'll, I'll pop back out sorry <laughs> <laughs> no I'd like to hear it all <laughs> okay so what city has you shedding a tear when you have to leave I have to say New York, like quite literally. Even before I moved there, it was so hard to leave every time I would visit. And I definitely like when I moved back to Vancouver, I like cried the whole way home. So 
It's just something about New York City. It's like, if you've never been, number one, go. But if you've never been, it's just hard to describe. Like, there's something in the air there and besides sewage. <laughs> if you get in <laughs> the wrong street. I know. People are like, it's so dirty. I'm like, I don't even notice the, like, I know. I don't either. Like, sitting outside. Like, it's just part of the city. But it is, like, something in the air that just, like, I don't know. It's just this lore and just the people and just the diversity. And I just love it so much. I know. Me too. I'm going back next weekend. For, I'm so excited. Do you have a, a friend group there that still remains? I do. Yeah. So I haven't That's seen fun. them in a while. Yeah. Free place to stay too. <laughs> What's your current Netflix addiction? I don't actually have a current Netflix addiction. I don't really watch too much TV, but I guess my boyfriend and I have been recently watching like Chris D'Elia's stand-up comedy, <laughs> but it's not a really good answer. What song do you currently have on repeat? I've currently been listening to, if you don't listen to hip hop, you might not know this artist, but his name is A Boogie and I've been listening to his album on repeat. (laughs) Do you have an all-time favorite beauty product? Lip balm. (laughs) Who would you love to have a cup of coffee or matcha with? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if he'll have matcha, but I wish I could have had more time to get to know my grandpa. He passed away. Uh, like maybe like six, five, six years ago, but he lived in Switzerland and I only got to see him like when I went there, but he was like the ultimate entrepreneur and just so inspiring. And I would love to be able to sit with him and get advice for running a business, which obviously I wasn't asking him when I was younger, but that would be really cool if I could. Do you live by a motto? Not really, but I do have like certain quotes that I'll remind myself of and One of my favorites is your comfort zone is a beautiful place, but nothing ever grows there. So true. I think we put that on our Instagram once. It is so true. I was speaking to a nutritionist the other day, because I'm trying to find a local one here just for me to talk to and work through a few things with. And he said, you're going to, he's like, you need to get really comfortable with being uncomfortable if you want to like change things in your life. And that sort of goes for all avenues of life. I mean, your comfort zone is like, it really should be a red flashing light danger, you know, because it's true. Like nothing changes there. It's just so easy to like days pass and time passes with just no like real fruitfulness. So I agree. Totally. Yeah. What's your celebrity crush or not what, but who's your celebrity crush? (laughs) (laughs) So I don't have too many big celebrity crushes, but if I had to choose one, it would be ASAP Rocky. I met him once in New York and I was like such a fangirl. <laughs> I just love him. Is there one food that you absolutely won't eat? Hmm. Are you a picky eater at all? No, not at all. I'll eat like anything. I I mean, I don't eat meat, so maybe that. <laughs> but I, I have eaten it in the past. So. so there's no like weird taste that just doesn't sit well with you? I can't even really think of one. I don't like mustard and it's such a common, like it's everywhere and it's such a pain in the butt to not like it when you go places and it's like it's in things or whatever. And I can, I can sniff out if someone cuts my sandwich with a knife that had been used to cut a sandwich with mustard on it. I'm like, Oh, I have to cut that part off. I just repulsed by it for whatever reason. I don't know. Oh my gosh. No, I think growing up like with like a, and like a Chinese like mother and everything like I've eaten like some crazy things so <laughs> no 
Okay, so what meal would you choose as your last meal? A giant cheese platter. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> What's your biggest pet peeve? Oh, gosh. I don't like slow walkers. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the way. This is City Girl coming by. <laughs> yeah, this is a New York girl. No, yeah, I don't know. I just like, uh, I just can't walk slowly. What's the best gift you've ever given? So I'm not a huge like gift person in the sense of like material things. I much prefer doing experiences. So I feel like the last few years, like, my boyfriend's birthday kind of falls before the summer and I've just kind of been like paying for like a flight somewhere. It's fun. I love it. I think the thing that I remember one of my friends said years ago that they were really starting to like save up for travel instead of like a new TV or, you know, a new box spring or whatever. I mean, I don't even know why I said box spring. Those are kind of, (laughs) those are needed, (laughs) but maybe a new coffee table or something. And that, so then you put a trip and Jane and I took a great one together. We've had many trips together, but in 2015, we took a great European trip and it's like you have all the excitement leading up to it for however long you've booked that trip. And it's just like you have, uh, you get to dream about it, you get to research about it, you get to think about all the things you'll do. And then you have the experience, which is incredible. And then you just have the memories that last and last. And it's such, I don't know, it's just such a powerful thing. And it really pays dividends lifelong that, totally. you know, a little it's, it's so trinket. much better. Yeah. Than yeah. like a new necklace. <laughs> I agree. I agree. What's the last thing you Googled? I think it was the pollen forecast in Vancouver because my allergies are so bad. You know you have an allergy issue if you're Googling pollen. I Google it like all the time. I'm like, is it today going to be as bad as yesterday? I'm in um, South Texas in Austin and we have these huge oak trees and every spring they just drop pounds and pounds of pollen. They just cut, everything gets a coating of yellow until the next rain comes and you would just die here. It's like, it's bad. It's bad. (laughs) It's so hard. It's, and it just makes it so hard to function or like do anything. Okay, one last question for you, Carrie. Okay. What's the greatest life advice you've ever received? Probably that you can't please everyone and that you shouldn't always be trying to like be for everyone. Mm-hmm. I think it's something that I've always really struggled with. It's like trying to make everyone happy and like worrying about letting people down. But I think as I get older, I realize that it's just like not helpful to operate that way. And like, I don't know, it's better to like focus on like finding your people and your true audience and like trying to be for everyone. So true. I love it. Great advice. Okay. So tell us where do we find you online and what's your social handles and all that good stuff? Sure. Um, so I'm on Instagram at Walder Wellness and then also on my blog at walderwellness.com. Okay. It's been a real joy talking to you. I really enjoyed listening to your conversation with Jade and um, listening to your answers. So hopefully we'll talk again one day, but until then, take care and thanks for coming on. Thanks so much for having me. Bye. Bye. Okay, Jade. So time for a little host to host chat. Hit me. So I was trying to think like, what are the big things coming up in life or what's going on? You have a big move coming up this summer. So right now you're in the middle of like a house hunt, but like mm-hmm. in a different state. <laughs> so mm-hmm. how's the process going? <laughs> That's hard because you're like, yeah, I mean, it's funny because, well, I've done it like a gazillion times because we're a military family, but it's just harder with kids and one with special needs. And so I'm always having to look for all those services and make sure we're kind of living in the right areas for that, you know, education and services. But then also we're moving to this small New England town and 
it's not a military town because my husband's doing um, ROTC command at UMass. And so it's really a different kind of move because we're used to moving to a place where there's a lot of military in and out. And so there's a lot of rentals available. Right. And there's just not. So it's all college students, like, you know, five dudes living in a house and they're all kind of trashed. The rentals are in general. So it's just been hard to find like a good, solid single family home rental. But now we're having to kind of consider buying. We don't really want to buy that because we're only there for three years. So, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's a lot. It's a lot yeah. to like figure out and like decide like what's going to be best for your family. But mm-hmm. I think it'll be fun. It's always like such a relief when we finally pull the trigger on a house because then everything else can sort of fall, fall into, into place. place. And, yeah. and I can just like relax a bit and start planning the move. All right. Well, I hope you find the perfect place for you guys. Me too. <laughs> Uh, So we want to thank you for listening today. And if you like the show, we'd love for you to head over to iTunes and give us a positive review. You can find us at wegettoknow.com where you can sign up for our newsletter. And we're on social media at wegettoknow. Head over to Instagram. That's where we hang out. We'd love to hear from you and get your opinions on guest and show ideas. Our music is provided by the talented Blake Atwell of Studio 1916. Until next time, take care as we continue to get to know all of our favorite people. 